Hey, it's Kirsten. Do you feel like you're spending way too much money on supplements? When I started out on my health journey, I was also shocked about how expensive high quality supplements were, especially as I was upping how many I was taking. That's why when I became a practitioner back in 2018, I started offering my clients a way to save up to 25% off many of their supplements through a company called Wellevate, which is spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-E. Through Wellevate, you can order many of the supplements that you're already taking, like Pure Encapsulations, Gaia Herbs, Enzymetica, and others at discounts of up to 25% off retail. And shipping is free for orders over $49 within the United States. The only way to buy supplements through Wellevate is through a practitioner, and I will earn a small commission at no additional cost to you while you're saving money. So if you want to start saving upwards of 25% off your supplement bill, go to the resources page on my website at carefullyhealing.com forward slash resources and go to the Wellevate section. You don't have to be a client, just set up your account and start saving. I'm Kirsten Ramstrom, a certified holistic health coach, and welcome to the Quest for Healing podcast. Whether you're just starting out on your health journey or you're farther down your path, I've created this podcast to inspire and inform your health journey through first, some extraordinary healing stories from real people, second, an exploration of some intriguing healing modalities, and third, through conversations with enterprising people who are making a difference in the health of our world. Today on episode 18, my guest is Vinka Hanstra. Her health journey involves many gut and digestive issues, including Crohn's, colitis, chronic constipation, and IBS from a fairly young age. And while it was problematic, it only got worse as she got older. As her health continued to deteriorate, she was plagued by a variety of other symptoms, such as extreme acne, erythema nodosum, which is a condition where someone develops lumps on their lower legs, and a misdiagnosed fistula as a result of an infection. Just a note up front, The conversation in this episode is fairly graphic when it comes to what Vinka went through when she developed the fistula, as it affected parts of her body related to elimination. In this episode, we do alert you to when we get to that part of the conversation, which starts about 24 minutes in. I wanted to let you know about this ahead of time so you can use your own discretion when listening to this episode. With that said, the reason I started this podcast was to help people while they're on their health journeys. I understand the value of healing about what our fellow healing warriors have done and learned on their paths, as it can be very illuminating in respect to our own journeys. And specifically because of that, I know that having Vinka share her story will be very important for people, especially women, who may find themselves on a similar path to hers. So if you're one of those people, this episode is for you. Please remember that these discussions are not intended to provide medical advice, but rather to give you examples of methods and modalities that you may find interesting, informative, or helpful. Please work with your doctor as you undertake your own health journey. Now let's go to the episode. Finka, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm so excited for our conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and I'm really excited to share my story. Thank you. Yes, you've got such an interesting... I think of it as an exciting story because of all the healing that you've done. And it is unusual from the perspective of some of the things that you had been dealing with and have been able to heal from, which is one of the reasons why I'm so excited to have you on the show, because it's a little bit different from some of the other um, uh, healing stories that I've had. So 
I, again, thank you so much for being here. So why don't you take us back and talk a little bit about where your health journey started? Yes. Um, but I think it started already with some mild symptoms when I was a teenager. So um, I would have mild constipation, some gut issues, uh, got, you know, sort of diagnosed with, or you might have IBS. Um, later on, I would also get cold sores all the time. And um, eventually when I was, I think, 17 or 18, I would have shingles on my back. Mm. And back then I didn't really, well, paid a lot of attention to it because I was like, yeah, it's just stuff. It comes up, it will go away and it's life, right? So uh, I lived my life and um, I think in my late 20s, um, I got my first, um, well, I didn't know back then what it was, but my first uh, flare-up of uh, ulcerative colitis. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I suddenly saw um, blood in my stool and a lot of mucus and uh, I would be bloated every now and then, uh, but it was manageable. So um, I went to my doctor and I did some blood and stool uh, tests and um, yeah, the results were that my inflammation markers were a bit high and I was like, yeah. Did they talk at all about what was causing that? No, not at all. They had, they had no idea. They just came back with those results and they, um, uh, yeah, they want to send me to the hospital, of course, for further investigation. And um, yeah, that I, I, I didn't do. I refused, not that I refused, but I just never went. I was like, okay, um, I don't want to know what's going on. Um, let's ignore it because, you know, things pop up, things will go away, right? Yeah. <laughs> And, um, and that's what happened, but it took a while for it to settle, I think over a year or something. And um, so every now and then I would still have blood and I would still see a lot of mucus. But as I said, I could live with it. Uh, but then suddenly a couple of years later, which was actually in January 2019, uh, I got another um, pretty bad flare up suddenly out of nowhere. And I was like, whoa, so now it's back again. I went back to the doctor and uh, they tested my inflammation markers again and they were high and they now told me, okay, it's really time to go and have this investigated because, you know, you've had this before and you don't know what it is, right? It might also be cancer or something else. You don't, just don't know when there's a lot of blood. So um, so this time I listened and I uh, I went to the hospital. I uh, went to uh to a GI doctor and he um, scheduled me for a colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was awake during the colonoscopy because I really wanted to see what was going on. So uh, oh, wow. I, I had to see for myself what's going on inside me. And uh, back then I saw like my that my whole colon was inflamed. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that I had to wait for some uh, for the test results. And a couple of weeks later, uh, there was the official diagnosis of ulcerative colitis. So I was like, okay, okay well, well, but yeah, bad news, right? Because it's chronic illness. Um, the I, 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 I just want to stop you for a second. Like when you saw it, I mean, it's pretty unusual for somebody to be able to see their own uh, colonoscopy because yeah. usually they have you asleep for it. Exactly. What did it look like? Well, back then, I, it just looked like um, it just started. Exactly, uh, it, it uh, they start from your uh, rectum, right? So it was from there up, up and up and up. And he told me like we're gonna go 
uh, to the point where it's not inflamed anymore. So we'll see how far we have to go. Um, so they actually had to go around the first corner. So uh, basically half of my colon was inflamed. Yeah, what does it look like? It actually looks like it's completely inflamed. It, it sort of looks like it's destroyed, literally. So your the whole intestinal lining of the colon looks uh, red, uh, bloody, but also bumpy and a little bit um, like blisters and oh. yellow with yellow blisters, like pus and stuff like that. So it... Mm-hmm. it 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 is it's completely um, inflamed, and um, if you if you uh, um, enter the part where it's not inflamed, right? It's it's a beautiful pink, well, in, intestinal lining, like the, the right, the colon, the wall of the colon is like perfectly pink, and it's really beautiful. Uh huh. And smooth, right? And smooth, yes, super smooth. It's just pink, and you see the little red veins, and it it just looks perfect. Okay. So compared to the other part, it's just, um, yeah, it's just amazing to see actually that it's such a difference. Yeah. And then it also explains why you have all the blood in your stool and, you know, why you have this pain and bloating and it's so obvious. Mm-hmm. So it was actually a pretty um, interesting experience. And, but back then I didn't think anything about it. I was like, yes, this is inflamed. It's, it's, it seems literally broken, right? It's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Doesn't look good. So uh, I got some medicines and I decided to, to take them because I was like, okay, if I take them, this is going to be over. So um, I took them for about like a week or something and things got worse, actually. So I oh. could not even um, finish my work, work day where before I could at least finish half a work day and then, you know, spend the other four hours at home with my laptop in bed and that worked fine. But after taking the medicines, it just, uh, yeah, I couldn't do anything anymore. The bloating got so severe and the pain increased. And so I decided to, uh, to stop and, um, yeah, I was like, okay, um, a couple of years ago, this went away. It will go away this time. Right. I told myself it will go away. And it did eventually a couple of months later, uh, I, I did tweak my diet a little bit. I was always trying things, right? So I tried to not eat dairy or I tried to not eat gluten because I I, I noticed that it um, affected my gut, right? So in, in a bad way. So we get more bloating, more pain, more constipation, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, well, eventually it went away and I thought, great, I did it again. It's gone. So uh, I'll continue. I continued my life and I didn't really think about it that much um, until a couple of months later, it popped up again. Um, This time it really um, came back full force, right? So Mm -hmm. the the bloating and it it came back instantly. It's always like, um, I can't really tell that it's going to happen. It's just happening from one day and one day I'm fine. And the other day I'm not. And there's suddenly there's a flare-up so uh, um, again it caught me by surprise I didn't expect it I didn't see it coming and uh, it was pretty bad Um, but from that moment on I was like okay I've had I still had those medicines and I was like no I'm not going to take them because they're going to make me worse so I just let it go and I thought it's gonna you know like all the other times (laughs) I stayed positive and thinking like okay this is going to go away eventually Mm -hmm. but it didn't so um, I think six weeks later, somewhere mid-October, um, yeah, 
things really took a bad turn. And uh, uh, suddenly I sat on the toilet for 30, 35 times a day. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> and what was happening when you sat on the toilet for 35 times a day? Like, were you even able to go? Yeah, that's the interesting part. Um, when I get into a flare-up, uh, I get constipated immediately, while a lot of people, um, they get diarrhea. So for me, it's the opposite. So I get, I get this constipation. I'm literally not able to go anymore. Um, but I still have to go 20, 25, 30, 35 times a day. And uh, the only thing that comes out is the... Well, as I saw on the colonoscopy, um, the, the blood, the pus, um, something that looks like intestinal lining. Oh. Um, I, I don't know what comes out. It's just very weird. So, yeah. um, and, and I would constantly feel the urge to mm -hmm. go because, you know, it's just, uh, uh, if it's leaking, yeah, it's not um, uh, the bowel movements, but if, if the pus or the, the inflammation is leaking fluids and blood and pus, then yeah, you feel like you have to go constantly. Yeah. So that's what, what's, uh, what's happening uh, when I'm in a flare up. Okay. Uh, so this lasted for a couple of weeks until I got really, really sick. I got some fever attacks and eventually I ended up um, still being constipated, but only pooping blood. Oh and that God. was the moment where I thought, okay, I, um, uh, I got to do something, but I didn't know what to do. And again, I was experimenting with food and uh, someone brought up the GAPS diet, which is basically a carnivore diet. Okay. And um, yeah, so you live off bone broth because it's supposed to heal your gut and uh, um, prevent leaky, leaky gut and heal your intestinal lining. So I was eating chicken, fish, eggs, bone broth. That was it for a couple of weeks. And um, at first I noticed some improve improvements. So from going 20, 30 times a day, blood only. I went to eight times a day without blood in, well, maybe a week time or so. So I thought, okay, this is going great. Let's continue this diet, right? And then suddenly after three weeks into this diet, I lay in my bed and I laid on my side and I felt like my, as if I had like bruised my leg, but not just a bruise, like as if I walked into something and I didn't see anything on my leg. There was no bruise. There was no red spots. There was no scratch. Uh, so I was like, whoa, that's weird. Well, let's go to sleep and see what, you know, I'll, I'll just check it out in the morning and see what's on my leg. So um, next morning I woke up, I checked my leg, uh, pain was still there, no bruise, but there was a little lump. So I was like, whoa, interesting. Okay. Uh, I ignored it. Um, but a couple of hours later, a second lump appeared and a third and a fourth and a fifth. It went really fast. Wow. <clears throat> so I was like, uh, wow, what's going on? Uh, and it was Friday night, so I couldn't go to a doctor or something. So I Googled, uh, uh, which you should never do, of course, but I did. <laughs> I did anyway. <laughs> it's what we do. We can't get help. Yes. And I figured out really quick what I had. And um, <clears throat> it's called erythema nodosum. Okay. It's inflammation of the fat tissue of the lower legs. And usually when that appears, um, it affects both legs. And for me back then, it was just one leg. 
Um, but the next day, of course, <laughs> my left leg started. So um, when it was Monday, I rushed to the to the doctor's uh, office and um, yeah, they confirmed you've got irritable nodosum. And I was like, well, okay, so why do I have this? And they were like, yeah, it's a reaction of your immune system. And it's strongly related to Crohn's and colitis. Uh, it's related to a lot of things. It's uh, mainly related to strep uh, throat. Um, so it is strep related. Importantly, and they told you that. It is, yeah. And that's important for uh, for the rest of this story. Um, yeah. But back then they were like, yeah, it's strep related, but it's also Crohn's colitis related. So I was like, okay, so it makes sense. I have this. It's just a complication. Okay, but now I have complications. Why do I have those? I started this carnivore diet. Uh, I thought I was getting better, but in reality, I was getting sicker. Right. But back then, I didn't know. I just thought it was a complication and I moved on with my life. But um, they already warned me, like, this is going to be uh, tough because it's going to hurt a lot. And um, you might not be able to, to walk or stand or sit soon. And I was like, yeah, right. I can still walk, so uh, I'll be fine. But yeah, a week later or something, uh, the pain increased, the inflammation increased. My legs were really, really red. You can see it on my Instagram page uh, at Chasing Melons. I've posted some pictures there. Vinka's Instagram page is at Chasing Melons. So you can check out the picture she has there and they are very surprising. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Very surprising. Yeah. So, so the pain increased. And, and, um, when they told me you're going to, you're going to be in pain, I was like, okay, I'm going to be in pain, but I never experienced this kind of pain. It really is, uh, um, the kind of pain that makes you want to scream and that I never experienced before. So that was a whole new thing. I had to move out of my house because I couldn't uh, sit. I couldn't stand. I couldn't walk. Uh, I could not take care of myself. I barely could shower. I could not prepare food. So I moved into my sister's house and um, I lived with her and her boyfriend for a couple of weeks. They took care of me um, and I mainly lay in bed because this um, complication, erythema nodosum, comes with high fever, joint pain, loss of appetite. So basically I had fever for six weeks in a row. I... Um, just lay in bed my sister came literally feed me she came back from work to make some food for me uh, bring it to me and you know she would just uh, move on with her daily life and um, came back in the evening to cook me food again obviously um, as it's also very hard for the people around you I moved myself uh, after three weeks to my mom's house so she also took care of me for a couple more weeks yeah after six weeks It all started to settle a little because I read on the internet that one round of lumps would take three weeks. I got two rounds. So after six weeks, things started to disappear and I was able to walk, uh, stand, take care of myself a little bit more. So, yeah, so that was the point where I had my mom take me home um, and I was planning to take a bunch of laxatives um, because I was I was still dealing with this constipation and um, I had to force it out weekly by taking either water enema or um, some laxatives. Mm-hmm. But you're not allowed, if you have Crohn's or colitis, uh, you're actually not allowed to take those laxatives. And I had uh, had discussions with several doctors on the phone because I asked for help. I didn't really get help, um, which was also a little bit strange, but... Um, yeah, so I decided, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm just needs to go out of me, right? 
I was really in pain at that moment. So, and it was such a discomfort. And I remember because it was New Year's Eve. So I'll never forget that New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I asked my mom to bring me home. She did. Um, she was worried, of course, because, you know, I was still very sick and in poor condition and she had to leave me alone. Uh, obviously, I wanted to be alone. If you're going to take a bunch of laxatives, you just want to be in your own ha- home. And um, yeah, you just want to be in your own home, be comfortable and see what happens. So mm-hmm. I did it and um, it worked. Got some bowel movements and they were not easy because, you know, it, it had all been stuck there for months. And uh, I thought, okay, so at least some got out. And then um, the next morning, I... Um, got a little surprised, uh, not in a fun way, but it was at least some progress. And that was that um, I could not explain the pain because I, I got in like severe pain. I never experienced anything like it. And I also just by by really feeling my body and trying to analyze what was going on or what could possibly be going on. Because again, I called some doctors and I did not get any help. From, from just common sense, I could uh, the only thing I could think of was that my colon's peristaltic motion was coming back because it had been so inflamed, it didn't move for months. Well, imagine if you wouldn't move your arm for months, um, how painful would it be if you would move it again, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like, I never gave birth, but I keep comparing it with that because I have no other comparison. This is just from stories, right? So Mm -hmm. I would have this uh, massive painful contraction uh, in my left lower colon and I would have 10 times 10 and then I would have another bowel movement. And this would go on for for 48 hours and the the pain was intense and I couldn't do anything else than just uh, meditations. uh, I'm a fan of Joe Dispenza. I've been to one of his events once. I'm a big fan of his too. Yes, he's amazing. So I I bought all his uh, meditations on iTunes and I kept playing them just to to zone out in and just to breathe, literally literally breathe through the pain. Mm -hmm. Well, they're nice and long meditations. So that's it gives you lots to work with. Yes. yes. <laughs> so yeah, so that's what I did. And that's how I got through this. And then after 48 hours, I could still feel these contractions, um, but the pain would decrease. So I was like, okay. so maybe I was right. Maybe this was it. Mm-hmm. There's still no other explanation. And I, I told doctors and I asked them and they didn't really respond to this story. Um, but I was happy because my, my constipation uh, solved itself. So after months of not being able to go, I could Mm -hmm. go and I would go daily from that moment on. Mm -hmm. So that was the point where I was thinking, okay, so I'm going to get better. This is, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I can walk again. I have my bowel movements back. I feel better. Uh, The only thing I have to do is to get back my condition, right? So I was walking around my house in the neighborhood. So I was able to go to the grocery store. I was looking better. I was feeling better. I could walk around and I was trying to get some strength back because I lost a lot of weight. Uh, yeah, I already told my, uh, my, my boss and my colleagues, like, I'm probably going to be back in February. And, um, and this would have been February 2020, correct? Yes, February 2020. Okay. So yes. this is about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is, about, this is about a year ago. Yeah. Okay. And, um, but at that same moment, I felt like, a sore spot um, in my perineum. 
So this might be a little bit sensitive, sensitive topic for some people, but I'm going to talk about it anyways, because I think um, it's very important uh, um, to talk about. Um, not many people do talk about it. And um, especially when you're suffering from Crohn's and colitis, I think that everybody should hear this story and know about it. Thank you for sharing it with us because yes, it does get into some sensitive information, but for the people who need to hear this, I think it will be really helpful too. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt a sore spot in my perineum and I was like, wow, okay, well, I've got, you know, all these constipation going on and, um, um, yeah, I've dealt with a lot down, down there. So I was like, okay, um, I, this might be a bruise or, you know, uh, from, from all the, well, basically trauma, right. Because mm -hmm. all the, the, yeah, the bowel movements, which were very hard at that time, right, uh, mm -hmm. had to come out. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe it's because of that. And uh, again, positive as I am, I ignored it and I just went on with my life. But a couple of days later, uh, that sore spot just got a little, little bit hard. And it's, it's a couple of days after that, it forms a little lump. And I was like, wow, so it's growing something's happening and I don't know what it is. So I called one of my best friends. She's a gynecologist. And I asked her to come and check me out because it was growing towards my vagina, mm -hmm. the opening of my vagina. So she came, she checked and she was like, Ooh, this could be a Bartholin cyst. And for everyone who is listening and has no idea what this is, we have two glands. We, as females, we have two uh, glands uh, in our vagina for lubrication, and they're called Bartholin glands. So if a gland gets clogged, uh, a cyst will form, and you will get a huge abscess um, over there. So she was like, could be this, but um, given your background of Crohn's, colitis, uh, IBD, um, it might also be something else, because the location of the thing, this thing is a little bit off. It's you know, a little bit too deep or something and um, called my doctor again. And they were like, oh, no, it's definitely Bartholin cyst. Go sit in some warm water, do this three, four times a day. And it might, uh, might unclog. So I did that, but of course it didn't happen. So I waited and uh, one morning I woke up and it was like, as if this thing exploded, it was ping pong size big suddenly. And it closed off the complete entrance of my vagina. Oh my God. So my left labia was like eight times uh, bigger than it was supposed to be. And um, I was in intense pain. So um, I called my doctor, I called some clinics. They didn't want to help me. There was no time. They were all busy and it was not uh, an emergency. And I was like, whoa, is this, so this is not an emergency. Right. It, this uh, is an emergency for me. Hello. Exactly. I couldn't do anything. Couldn't sit, stand, walk again. So I was bedridden again. Um and um, so my parents, they, my parents, they hopped into their car. They rushed to Amsterdam. That's where I live. They took me to the doctor and basically forced me in. Like, you have to see this, right? We're not going to leave until you take a look. So she did. And she was like, wow, okay, yes, might be Bartholin cyst, but I am not sure. Could be something else. Mm -hmm. Go to the ER. <laughs> so we went to the ER and... Um, Again, there, I told the whole story. I told them about my background in colitis. Um, um, and they were like, oh, no, it's a Bartholin cyst. Um, another gynecologist checked me and she was like, yep, this is a Bartholin cyst. We're going to treat you right now. And then obviously, because it's the ER, it's, um, they rush you into something. 
So they cut me open. They put a drain in there so that all the pus could come out for the next two weeks. And uh, they told me now it can only go better. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Uh, good luck. So I went back home and um, yeah, I waited, but it didn't get better. And, you know, it's maybe too much information, but the pus would keep coming out and it would not shrink and the pain would be intense and intensify over the days. So uh, four days later, I got back into the hospital. They wanted to examine me, but there was there was no point because the pain was so intense and they, they couldn't, again, it was so, all so big, so they couldn't do anything. So they scheduled me for surgery the next day to make sure that I wouldn't feel anything, right? So they put mm-hmm. me, how do you say that, under? So they scheduled me for surgery and gave me anesthesia so that I wouldn't feel anything because of the pain. I woke up and I didn't feel anything. So I was like, wow, great. I got rid of this Bartholin cyst. Amazing. Let's move on with my life. Now I can move on finally with my life after months. And um, a couple hours later, the surgeon came in and he was like, "Uh, okay, I got some bad news for you. And I was like, wow tell me. And he was like, it was not a Bartholin cyst. Yeah. During the surgery, we figured it out and you were actually on the wrong uh, operation table because I'm a gynecologist and we had to call in another uh, surgeon. And uh, yeah, he, um, uh, he had to diagnose you or re-diagnose you and it's a fistula. So what's a fistula? So a fistula is a clogged anal gland. Uh, so we we also have glands there. And if an anal gland gets blocked, a fistula will form. So basically what happens is the gland will get inflamed and it will seek a way out. So it will literally form a tract or a tunnel towards the skin. And this can occur next to your anus, for example. So uh, on your bum somewhere, or it can go internally towards different organs. So towards your bladder or towards your vagina. And in my case, it was going towards my vagina, but mm-hmm. it didn't burst, right? So there was no, how do you say it? Exit, Exit point. point. Yeah. Um, but because they thought I had a Bartholin cyst, they thought they were cutting into a Bartholin cyst, but they were actually just cutting through my vagina wall. And they had no idea they were just not cutting into a cyst. So basically, by cutting me open inside of my vagina, they created a rectovaginal fistula. So it was a mis- yeah, it was a medical mistake. Mm-hmm. And um, so that left me with a gap, a tract, the fistula tract um, between my rectum and my vagina. Which is basically just a hole, like a pole or a pathway between the two. Yes. Which is not supposed to be there. And which is, um, well, very embarrassing also for it to be there and uh, uncomfortable. And well, you can imagine, I mean, Literally, stool can come through, uh, gas can come through. So you will feel air bubbles come through. Yeah, it's just, uh, I didn't even know something like this existed, right? And suddenly Mm -hmm. you're there in your hospital bed and they tell you that you have this and you need an MRI scan to confirm. Well, they, you know, they had to confirm it, of course, and they wanted to see how the tract was located exactly. But I could already feel it, of course. So for me, it was clear that there was a gap. The prognosis was not really good. Um, So they basically immediately gave me 50% 
recovery rate. So only 50% recovery rate. And I was like, wow, so now my life's over because I have a gap there. What am I going to do? I'm 33. I have my whole life in front of me. I still want to have kids. I want to have a partner. I was single back then. How would having that pathway now open, how would it affect things like that? Like how would it affect having a baby? How would it affect sex? How would it affect bowel movements? Yeah. Yeah. So I had no idea at that, at that moment. Um, I pretty uh, soon experienced how that would affect bowel movements. Uh, if it was solid bowel movements, no, no issues. If it, it would be not so solid, it would just literally come through. Okay. So, and how, how would it affect uh, getting pregnant? Well, not that much because they all said you can have sex. Eh? So you can get pregnant. You only cannot have normal childbirth. So you have to have C-section. Okay. So I, I can't have normal childbirth because uh, as how they explained it is, so Im- imagine yourself uh, a wall with a crack in there. If you, if you would push against it, it would just literally tear apart and break uh, over the whole lining of where the, that, oh. that crack or initial thing would be. So if I would have normal childbirth, uh, I would have a high risk of tearing out completely over the length of the fistula tract. So I would be incontinent uh, and completely you know, destroyed forever. They cannot fix that. Okay. So, um, uh, so yeah, I still have a wish to get pregnant and to uh, have, have kids one day, but it has to be via C-section. Okay. But a lot of women have C-section, so it's, it's okay, right? I can live with that. And how it would affect sex, uh, I had no idea back then. And... Had they given you any warnings about that? So no, they didn't. They didn't give me any warnings uh, about what to expect. For example, when having sex or when going to the bathroom, or they didn't tell me anything. So okay. I had to figure it out all by myself. Yeah. So basically, what happened after is uh, I got the MRI and uh, the results were positive. Yes, I had an, a rectal vaginal fistula, and I was like, "Well, okay, uh, I don't want to be treated in this hospital anymore because I had a lot of bad experiences there, and then this misdiagnosis." And like in general, I had a really bad feeling, so I transferred myself to another hospital. Uh, also, I think it's the biggest one in Amsterdam, and they have um, they have doctors that are more experienced in colitis, Crohn's, and fistulas. So five days later, I arrived there still very sick because the abscess was still in my body. I think they couldn't believe their eyes when they saw me coming in because I was literally lying on the floor in the hospital everywhere. My parents basically dragging me from bench to bench to floor to hospital bed to examination room. And um, yeah, they, they, they checked me and they said, okay, this shouldn't have gone... Uh, like this so yeah it was misdiagnosis because they should have fixed it differently and then you would not have had this issue so okay but this is uh, reality right now we're going to put you in hospital bed again and we're going to schedule you for another surgery to try reduce the damage or do some damage control and it's also a first step that uh, usually has been performed if you have a fistula they will uh, put a seton through it a seton is a silicon thread so it literally goes up your bum they find the hole in your rectum and they um if there's uh, an, an exit point in your skin somewhere they just pull the thread through it and they knit it together on the outside so that there's basically a silicon piercing into your body 
uh, which makes sure that the fistula can drain and that the abscess can drain empty uh, and inflammation with antibiotics can um, well, be reduced or go away entirely. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's uh, because I did not have an exit point in my skin, but in my vagina, they were like, okay, we're going to create this in your skin. So they created it in my perineum, actually on the point where once this source spot started, they created another exit point and they pulled the thread through there. Okay. hoping that that would create another drainage point and it would stop draining from my vagina. Mm-hmm. And then they hoped that the, the cut they set by cutting into my not-so-existing Bartholin cyst <laughs> would close uh, by itself, but that never happened. Okay. So eventually I, uh, uh, I walked around with this uh, setom for... Uh, eight months before I got another surgery, which was uh, end of September 2020. Um, so yeah, they performed that surgery. I went back to my sister's place because she took care of me for another week after the surgery until I got my strength back a little bit. And I figured out how to deal with this new situation down under, right? With the satan and everything. And um So yeah, okay, about this fistula, I'm still in the process of healing it um, because it's it's very difficult. As I said before, I only had, uh, in general, 50% chance of healing this thing. So I did a lot of research and this clinic had a non-invasive option. I only had 30% chance of healing, but I took it anyway because I was like, okay, I have no risks and I might have a chance, right? So I took the chance. Right, 30% is better than none. Yeah. So that was back in September, 2020. I took the chance and uh, I booked a lot of progress since then. So um, great. Yeah, uh, the Sutton got out. Uh, There's uh, the wound on the external wound in my perineum closed so there was no leaking from there uh, the uh, it, it, the fistula also stopped leaking from my vagina so Excellent. Um, yes and it definitely got a little bit less white so that's what i noticed so that's that's okay. huge improvements and um mm-hmm. for now they asked me to wait a, a couple more months and then see what happens if it's going to close by itself so at what point in this process did you find medical mediums information? Yes. So when I came out of the hospital and I stayed again at my sister's place, she uh, actually talked to one of her patients. My sister's a chiropractor and one of her patient's husbands is a doctor. And she apparently had been talking to her patients about the situation, um, which is understandable because she, she took care of me all this, this time and she, she has a full-time job. So it was like, I really saw her getting tired and, and more tired and more tired. And yeah, it, it's, it's so horrible to, to um, see your sister, we're twins. So, you know, Aww. to see your twin sister like that. And so right. she probably talked about it with patients and then, um, yeah, this 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 woman, uh, she said like, okay, my my husband is a doctor and he works with medical medium and he books amazing amazing results, not just for Crohn's and colitis, for whatever disease basically. So she was like, you really have to uh, buy his books and start reading right now. 
So my sister came back home and she told me this. She bought all the books. She had a Kindle. So she, she bought all the ebooks on Amazon. And she was like, go read. I'm going to go to the supermarket right now. I'm going to get celery juice because I've read that, you know, you have to drink this. We have a juicer. So tomorrow morning, you start reading. I'm going to juice you some celery. And I was like, whoa, okay, cool. So when was this exactly? Like, was this last spring? No, this was uh, exactly one year ago, almost one okay. year ago. So it was end of February. End of February, 2020. Yes. Okay, great. When I came out of the hospital. So uh, okay. So I started reading and um, more people have been saying this. Um, when I, I, I started reading, I cleansed, no, not cleansed too. I started reading Liver Rescue first. Um, and so you picked the hardest book to read first. <laughs> apparently it's the hardest book, but it was, for me, it was the best book because it, it literally explains everything. Yeah. So I started reading. It's like a medical textbook. It is the medical textbook. Yes. Yes. So I started reading and it made so much sense and it resonated so much with me. I've read a lot of books, but I never cried while reading a book. And this time I did like mm -hmm. tears were literally rolling over my cheeks and I was like wow this is it I could just instantly feel it I don't know why it was just you know intuition I was like this mm -hmm. is it this are this these are the answers because all the doctors have been telling me like okay you have a chronic illness you know you will never get rid of this yes you might go in remission for a couple months or weeks or you know whatever your body is attacking itself because I was like, okay, why do I get this? Why is this happening? And they don't know. So they have no clue. And then it's just autoimmune. Your body's attacking itself. And I, I never believed that. So I don't know why, but I, I've always been thinking, okay, something happens. So why is it happening? You know, it, I mean, something happens if something's happening, but what's happening with me? I don't understand. And nobody could, nobody could tell me. And, and the reason or the explanation that your body is attacking itself, it just, I couldn't do anything with it. I was like, no, I know it's not true, but I also know what's the truth, <laughs> right? What's mm -hmm. the root cause? And I read mm -hmm. this book and I was like, wow, all the answers are in here. I had my answers. I found them and I, I fully believed, believed it and I trusted it and I started implementing uh, the protocol, right? Basic things like lemon water first thing when you wake up, celery juice 30 minutes after, heavy metal detox smoothie, heavy metal what? <laughs> <laughs> yep, the good old blueberry smoothie. The good old blueberry smoothie with some weird ingredients. So I um, made sure I got all the ingredients and I started making the smoothie. Okay, morning cleanse, fat-free, um, you know, just to not clog your liver, do not clog your liver, do not overburden your liver. But what we've been doing, what I've been doing with a high fat, high protein diet, like basically all my life, not all my life, but you know, I was really into going to the gym and everybody knows it's about protein, high fats, peanut butter, um, yogurt, cheese, protein shakes. Butter in your coffee, right? Exactly. So that's Ugh. what I've been doing for, for years and years and years. And uh, also my teenage years, I would just have breakfast with a, with a chocolate bar, you know, because I thought I could. Oh my goodness. Because, you know? Yeah. And suddenly I realized how I had been like trashing my body and my whole perspective on food changed while implementing medical medium. 
Yeah, so I started with all the basics, uh, low fat. Uh, I incorporated more fruit and veggies, which was a big thing because all the doctors had always told me, do not eat veggies. Be careful with fruit because, you know, fiber, fiber, fiber. And you have ulcerative colitis, so you can't eat that. And the idea is that it would irritate it all, right? Exactly. It would irritate it all. Yeah. So I started increasing fruit really increasing i would eat a whole melon a day i still do that that's why my instagram name is chasing melons perfect i eat a melon every morning for breakfast either i juice it or blend it or eat it um i started eating papayas bananas like basically everything i could get my hands on i would eat and Uh um, lots of leafy greens lettuce spinach raw onions raw garlic might sound strange because a lot of people that have issues with their guts, they don't tolerate uh, chili peppers very well. That was always me. Yes. Yeah. So during healing, actually from the start, I um, ate 120 to 150 each month. Because, oh my God. Yes. I know. Crazy, right? So I would make a wow. batch of my own sambal. I don't know if you know sambal. Not, it's like this it's spicy. Indonesian, correct? It's spicy Indonesian sauce. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. And um, yeah, I'm addicted to it. So I was like, okay, <laughs> uh, I read on his page and in all his books, you know, the life-changing food books that it's super anti-inflammatory. And I was like, I'm inflamed everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, my legs were inflamed. My gut was inflamed. Uh, I forgot to tell, but also by that time, back then in February, 2020, I had a massive rash, like a mystery rash on my face. Like inflammation was everywhere inside and out. So I was like, you know, I got to eat chili peppers. And I did. Wow. There's pictures of that on your Instagram too, aren't there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, I, for years, 25 years, I couldn't eat chili peppers literally. a wh- And I just talked about this on the episode last week as well just a wisp of one would make my stomach upset. Yeah. And about 11 months in, I was like, I intuitively knew that was gone. And I sat and ate a ton of them one night. I was with my best friend who I've known for longer than that. She was like, this is going to be a disaster. And I said, no, it is not. I said, my body is ready for this. I said, exactly. It's a new world. It's a new world order here. Things have changed. And it was fine. Exactly. And I would easily eat like 35 of them in three days because I I literally got addicted to it. And I would put it on everything because I was like, how am I going to make all my salads tasty? Because I had to, to, to get used to the taste, right? Because if you, you know, if you come from a standard American or European diet, it's like a lot of processed food, a lot of, you know, sugar, a lot of, you know, and then you're going to eat leafy greens. Like, really? Mm-hmm. I know there's no, there's not a lot of salt. There's no artificial flavors. There's not all the big sauces. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just spice it up a little bit. And um, five weeks into changing my diet um, and I just started my first 369 cleanse. Uh, Mm -hmm. I um, handed in a stool sample at the hospital because they wanted to check my inflammation markers. So I, I, because I, I sort of refused or postponed another colonoscopy because I was like, I don't really want to do it. And I now have these, you know, my hands on these books and this information and I'm sure I, I'm going to heal. So I don't want to do all these medical interventions anymore. So I, I asked for, uh, for a delay or I postponed it and, um, uh, but they did sort of force me to then hand in stool samples. So I was like, okay, I can do that. No problem. So I did that and um, 
So five weeks into medical medium protocols and my inflammation markers had been um, above 1,000. Mm -hmm. And above 100, I believe, is indication to do a colonoscopy. Five weeks in, my sample uh, results came back and um, the markers were 46. So the, oh, it my was, yes. exactly. oh, my God. Yes. Exactly. Oh, my God. And I also noticed a big shift in my body after, I think, the second day already of drinking celery juice and you know, doing this morning cleanse, lemon water, heavy metal detox smoothie, because I, I had this, this massive constipation, right? Um, right. And, and I felt like a shift in my body and my, 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 well, my, everything in my gut started to move. And um, the first four weeks into this diet, I had nine bowel, I had nine bowel movements a day, normal bowel movements. So no diarrhea, just normal bowel, just everything. No was straining, just, no anything. Yes. It was. It was just a massive cleanup, literally. And I was so happy because it felt so good. And it also felt oh, weird, God. right? Because like nine times, I never, ever experienced anything like that in my life. Because, you know, when I was a teenager, I would maybe go three times a week. Right. And then you contrast that with when you had the days when you were on the toilet 20 or 30 times. Yes. But what was coming out was not poop not and it poop, was yeah. blood and mucus and all that other yucky stuff. Yeah. And now all of a sudden starting a couple days after you've started celery juice, there's no more talk about, you know, going to take a bunch of laxatives to get this stuff moving. It's literally just moving on its own and cleaning it all out. Yes, definitely. Wow. So that continued for like four weeks and then the next four weeks, I would go six or seven times a day. The next eight weeks, I would go five to six times a day. And this, this just continued like for, for a month or six, probably seven, before it all settled a little bit and it would be steady two to three times a day. Your body must have been so happy. My body was super happy. I, I was super happy. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. I just, I, I still, and and still I feel amazing because it's just in and out. It's just flowing and mm-hmm. um, it feels clean and I feel clear in my mind, in my head. Also my brain fog went away. Um, yeah. So on, on the medical medium diet, my acne seemed to got a little bit worse in the beginning. Um, and I found that really difficult because, you know, I had this massive face rash and uh, my hair also had been falling out for two years and it, it just started falling out even harder. So everything in the beginning, except for my, my gut and my colitis, um, seemed to get a little worse. And um, I, t- I talked to a lot of other people. I didn't work with a practitioner. Um, I just put together my own protocol. And um, but I did felt the um, urge to talk to others. So I was looking for people in the medical medium community that had have, uh, that have had acne, uh, also ulcerative colitis and, and whatever else, anything I could find. And I would just talk to them like, okay, how was it for you? And did your acne also increase? Um, and they were like, yeah, I did actually. Uh, it got a little worse, but don't worry, just keep going. I know it's annoying and it's, you know, frustrating and, it's sad and I know you don't want to go out and you want to stay in and just, you know, put blankets over your face and wait till this is all over, but it's going to be better. Probably 
after a month or six, six, seven, maybe eight. And I was like, okay, so I'll wait, I'll wait. And I cried a lot because um, it was really difficult if your face is completely mm -hmm. covered in acne, which I experienced mm -hmm. before. And now I was experiencing it again. And I was just so done with it because I got bald spots uh, on my scalp because of the hair loss. Uh, I just felt like, okay, I have, a, I have a fistula and my face is uh, uh, ugly. Uh, I'm losing my hair. Uh, who am I, right? So I had right. like really a sort of, I was super happy and super motivated, but I also had this uh, emotional crisis going on. And um, I did a lot of 369 detoxes. And that's also, that also brings up um, a lot of emotions. Yes. And he talks about that. He talks about that in liver rescue too. It's so interesting how the, um, the detox of adrenaline can bring up the feelings that were attached to what was going on when yet exactly. adrenaline was created. It's yes. amazing. It is amazing. And I'm still amazed by how powerful these cleanses are. And I'm still today because I, um, I recently did one. It was like three weeks ago, maybe. And, uh, I've had some that were really easy and, uh, but this one was, oh my gosh, it was rough it mm -hmm. was really rough in terms of emotions cravings i got this uh on day nine people who've done okay. this they know yeah on day nine i got this uh rash i had the rashes this was identical to the rashes i had in february 2020 was when i was on antibiotics it was just my allergic reaction to antibiotics mm -hmm. and i had an identical rash so i was like it's probably coming out of my liver you know my liver is able to release it those old yes. antibiotics they're going into my bloodstream before they can go out and they're um triggering this rash so yes. that's how powerful this cleanse is but also in, yes. in 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 an emotional way it's yeah it's been a roller coaster oh i'm sure and i think it's also why it's important and i've talked about this with other people and i did I've lost count. I think I did seven or eight rounds of three, six, nine last year. Doing those back to back, depending on where you are and your healing path can be really, it can be overpowering sometimes. So I think for some people, it can be really tempting to dive right into those and do yeah. them back to back, but that's a lot of, it, it loosens up a lot of toxins and sends them into your system. So if you're just starting out on this, I would recommend taking it slow, starting with an easier one. Uh, the anti-bug cleanse is one that's, you know, it's a pretty gentle one. And then working your way up into the three, six nights and taking breaks in between just because yes, you can absolutely have these moments that stir everything up and cause lots of symptoms, which is stressful in and of itself, right? Which produces more adrenaline, which is what you're trying to get rid of. And you don't want to send yourself into a, you know, a big flare over this, but it's amazing. Yes, that absolutely. Yeah it's amazing how much progress you made on that so fast. I know. Yeah. I dived right into it. I, I went all in with the supplements, with the, the, the protocol, with the cleanses. Okay. I waited uh, five or six weeks before I did my first cleanse, but I did actually two back to back, which was a mistake, honestly, because of what you were just explaining. Right. Mm -hmm. I did two back to back because I was enthusiastic and I was like, okay, I want to you know, um, do something about my acne. I want to, you know, try and, and fight or kill my strep. And I can do that by doing these cleanses, but you know, it, it will also cause a lot of toxins, um, yeah, being, being released into your body. And 
in your bloodstream, in your lymphatic system. And so my acne went through the roof uh, after that second cleanse I did, the back-to-back, yeah. the second one. And, and I felt terrible. It was, it, it really was a, well, a tiny mistake, but you have to learn the hard way, right? Absolutely. But, I mean, that the problem is we also all get so excited that we finally found some answers, exactly. right? And you want to dive into it, but, but yeah. for anybody who hasn't tried them yet, and it's been talked about multiple times on the last few episodes of the podcast for all of us who have dove right into those and done too many, <laughs> I would hope that people can heed our warnings because they could exactly. be really intense. I, I do not regret it because, you know, it brought me a lot of healing and, um, well, as I said, just said five weeks in my inflammation marks were down to 46, three months in my inflammation marks were down to six, which is basically nothing. That's amazing. It's amazing, right? It's amazing. And uh, yeah, people can't see me now, but I have this biggest smile on my face. And um, as do I. <laughs> of course, yes. And uh, yeah, so the hospital were, were like, they were kind of shocked. Like, what, what are you doing? And I explained, I tried to explain, but there was, there was limited interest. And um, yeah, they still tried to push me um, towards uh, medicines. So when I was leaving, the hospital um doctors actually gave me a lifelong sentence of um um infliximab, infliximab treatment um people that suffer from Crohn's or colitis they know what it is it's an immunosuppressive drug and uh, it comes with lots of side effects um just to mention some uh, liver failure heart failure kidney failure um several types of cancer um but also well mild milder things like well i i wouldn't per se call it mild eczema psoriasis hair loss uh, headaches um and how ironic gut issues <laughs> <laughs> the one the thing it's supposed to help with exactly so i was like oh okay God. do i really have to do this my my entire life i don't believe Again, I don't believe my body is attacking itself. I don't believe I need this. And I just found this medical medium information. So I basically refused uh, their treatment plan. I, re I had to refuse it um, seven or eight times because they kept pushing while I was doing this medical medium protocol already. And I, I actually booked these results and they saw this, right? So there was actual proof that it worked. So how long was it before all of your gut issues felt better. I know the inflammation markers had gone down, but how long was it before your bowel movements were normal? Um, your gut issues all went away. Like how long before you really just felt better? Yeah. So literally two or three weeks. So oh I had a lot God. of bowel movements, you know, like eight or nine, nine a day, but I, but it, I right. felt, well, there was some cleaning out to do. Yes, there were, there were no, there was no blood. Uh, there was still lots of mucus. And I think mucus came out until like month six or seven or something. And then it started to decrease. Uh, I also ate a lot of mucus expelling foods just to help getting it out. So yep. uh, many people also always, many people ask me, uh, I still see mucus. This is normal. I was like, yes, it's good if you see it because it comes out. It needs mm -hmm. to go out. Mm -hmm. So, um, amazing. so I felt better and all my symptoms disappeared like two, three weeks in and, uh, yeah, it only went better every month. At least, you know, with the gut issues, of course, the hair and the acne and, you know, the other milder symptoms that there was a different thing. It took me a little bit longer. I mean, from, I think, June 
2020, my hair stopped falling out. So first mm-hmm. it started falling out faster. Um, mm-hmm. But around June, I noticed that it stopped. And in September 2020, I noticed all these little tiny annoying hairs <laughs> popping up. Although not that annoying, right? I, I, I experienced a similar thing. Tell them how it happens. Yeah, well, first they're like two, three centimeters and they just stand up straight. So you will just <laughs> look like, you know, like, um, how would you call it? You've so what experienced, happens, you've experienced I, the same, I experienced right? the same thing. So all of a sudden I had, you know, half an inch of hair underneath, you know, my hair is yeah, sort exactly. of shoulder length. So I have all this long sort of stringy, unhealthy hair, but all of a sudden it's really full right around my head because it's short. And then it's a half an inch long and then it's an inch long and then it's two inches long. And then my hairdresser and I are laughing because he's like, well, you have bangs that we never cut on your head. And I'm like, that's because 60% of my hair is growing back and 60% of my hair is three inches long. Yeah. So that's exactly what's happening now. And uh, it's getting longer and longer. So I can now wear a ponytail or a bun and at least my scalp is covered. Uh, But I really have to just, you know, with some gel or something, just you know, make sure that all the tiny little hairs are not sticking out. Um, <laughs> I had my cousin's wedding in the middle of when mine was growing out. And I was in, uh, she got married in Costa Rica where it was hot and humid. And my hair got so curly, which my hair is normally not curly. I had no idea what to do with it because it was all the short, yeah, really, like really thick, like big volume hair, unlike the rest of my hair, which was thin and stringy and unhealthy. Like I, there was a whole hair situation. Ladies will understand this. There was yeah. a whole hair situation that I had to figure out for that one exactly. <laughs> because it was out of control. So I've been dealing with hair situations, uh, but I'm very happy because it's all growing back and it's just, you know, a matter of time before it's, you know, full and thick again. And yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm amazed by this whole journey, everything that happens, uh, everything that I've healed and, there's always more healing to do, of course, you know, the hair and every now and then um, when I ovulate or when I have my menstruation, yeah, as medical medium explains that very well, your immune system goes to your um, reproductive system. So it can battle strep, for example, the root cause of acne and then a pimple would pop up every now and mm-hmm. then, but it's not like how it was and it's not like the cystic acne I used to get. So my skin now is really smooth. And how long did it take for your acne to get better? Eight months, I think. Yeah. Eight months. Eight months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of detox that needs to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when I, and when I'm on a three, six, nine and not always, but you never know what's going to happen, right? It's always a surprise. Uh, it, it definitely pops up because there's more detoxing and purging going on. And uh, but you know, it's like only this short period of time when you're cleansing and then it's going to be better. So after every cleanse, I notice improvements in texture, mm-hmm. in glow, in, you know, redness. Um, yeah, it's amazing. That's amazing. And I look at you now and I can see how radiant you look because we have video on for, between the two of us right now. Yeah. And I can just see how radiant your skin is. Thank you. It's amazing. Yeah. So Vinka, why don't you talk a little bit about where your health stands right now? So you've been following this for a year. Where do things stand today? Yeah, well, my gut issues, they uh, healed and they never came back. So I feel, I feel great. And I still have like two perfectly healthy bowel movements a day. And there's 
literally no sign of Crohn's colitis, you know, whatever it was, um, IBD, inflammation in the guts, there's no bloating anymore. Um, I can eat everything without issues. Uh, mm -hmm. And with everything, I mean, medical medium protocol, right? So I mainly live off uh, fruits, uh, fresh vegetables, leafy greens, potatoes, squash, and fresh herbs right now. Um, so that's where, what, I, what, what I focus on. Yeah, I, I just feel amazing. My period pains disappeared. My acne cleared up. My hair is growing back. Uh, I, I have better concentration. I don't have brain fog anymore. I... Don't have blurry vision, no more unexpected dizziness. All these little symptoms, uh, they all disappeared. I have like tons and tons and tons of energy. I was uh, fatigued always. I always felt like I need to do a nap in the afternoon or even in the morning already when, you know, around 11. And that, that's all gone. And um, also I feel a lot happier. I really feel like I'm vibrating high on life and... It might be because I'm just, I've been thinking about it as well. Like I've, I'm only eating living foods, right? Lots right. of fruits, lots of veggies. And there's literally no crap inside my body. I don't eat chocolate. I don't drink coffee. I don't do alcohol. I don't do processed foods. I don't do sugar. I don't, you know, I don't do anything mm -hmm. of those things. I just eat fresh fruit, fresh veggies, potatoes. And I feel amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. That's truly incredible. Well, congratulations. That's just, I mean, some of the healing stories that we bring on here are just, it's, it's, it blows my, you know, I've been following this for five years. So, and I've talked, you know, the, the medical medium, Facebook communities and whatnot, that's where I went to, to get so much support when I started out. And I've seen all kinds of stories on there, but some of the stories that I have found to bring on this podcast, they blow me away when I sit and do these interviews. So I really appreciate that you came on to tell this story. It's obviously not the easiest story to tell. And there are some sensitivities yeah. in, you know, what gets told, but I really appreciate you being open enough and honest enough to help other people with this because yes. it will benefit other people. It will benefit. Absolutely. It will. I hope. Yeah. I'm really grateful for, uh, yeah, for being invited to your podcast and thank you for having me. And yeah, what I would say to anyone who's listening is that I believe that you can heal no matter what, no matter what you have, you can heal if you believe it. And if you read, if you've never read anything, I would really recommend buy some of his books and read if, you, if you're chronically ill or if you, you know, you feel well, but you have acne or eczema or anything that's bothering you literally um read try it um i'm also helping others implementing medical medium lifestyle and um it's incredible the results they book in a really short time frame so they're not yet in the medical medium community because they just started off they're just you know people i know uh, old colleagues um, some family members and um their, their results are amazing and they're just as, well, surprisingly shocked <laughs> as we all are probably when we do this and when we see our own results and when we see results of others. Mm -hmm. And that's just, uh, it's like a little miracle. Absolutely. Well, the other thing that's such a miracle is 
when we find that for ourselves, not only do we heal ourselves, we help people heal the people around us. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the, that's one of the best things. Um, I feel like, okay, now I have all this knowledge and I can share it with others and I will have it for the rest of my life. So I can help myself for the rest of my life. I can help mm -hmm. others. One day when I will have kids, I can teach them this and I can, you know, teach them this lifestyle and why it is important to, you know, eat the way I eat or we eat and, you know, what the consequences are if you go for a standard American, European, global diet <laughs> mm -hmm. these days. So, yeah, it's just, uh, I feel, uh, I feel blessed. It's like uh, the best gift ever. I completely agree. So what would you tell somebody who's just starting out today? Um, don't give up. And especially not when you feel a little worse, maybe in the beginning, because um, just to give an example, I experience, but also the people I help experience is that you might get severe brain fog in the beginning, just from drinking lemon water or from drinking celery juice, if you're really viral. Mm -hmm. yeah, from the viral die-off and um, you might feel worse for a while and it's okay because you will heal if you go through this and you you have to go through it and if you can't do it alone just uh, get a practitioner get someone who helps you who motivates you who yeah who is there for you when you want to stop or when you don't know if something is yeah, that's happening to you physically or emotionally is okay or normal or you know someone who can tell you no it's all right you'll be fine mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. that's what I needed as well I think everyone who's starting this journey needs some of these words um at a certain point mm -hmm. and I think that you know one of the other gifts that I think Anthony's work has brought to all of us is it has created a community of like-minded individuals and it's brought us all together in a way that we wouldn't have connected otherwise. Yes. Yes. Now we are people globally who should be connected in one way or another. And it's amazing. Yeah, we are. And it is really, really nice. And it's such a great feeling to connect with people that really understand you and understand what you're going through and um, have the same goal, you know, just to heal naturally. And it's just a, a, a different vibration or something i can't explain mm -hmm. it it's just we all know that 2020 has been a different year and um you know i, I might have not seen that many people or friends but i feel like i have tons of friends they're all online it's a global community and i i've never felt lonely for a second i felt blessed and i had so much fun with all the other people talking to them chatting to them a video calling with them. Um, it's yeah. It's, it's just, amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I, and my aim is to, to meet some of them in person and uh, I hope it's going to happen one day because it's, yeah, it's just, uh, it's going to be so much fun. Yes, absolutely. We need more of that. Yeah. Where can people find you on social media? My Instagram is at chasing melons. So there you can find me. I'll share my story there, my pictures, um, but also lots of uh, medical medium recipes. So if you have a lack of inspiration uh, of medical medium dishes or medical medium recipes uh, that are not in the book, but just um, 
that are been that have been made by me just by trying random things with the foods you can eat go to my instagram and take a look i'll put a link to this in the show notes it will be episode 18 and you can get the link for her instagram there so you can check it out Vinka, thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. This has been amazing. Yes, thank you for having me. And I look forward to connecting in person, hopefully someday as hopefully well. Hopefully one day I'll, I'll, I'll just come to Miami Beach and, you know. We can enjoy the sunshine. We can, we can enjoy sunshine and watermelons. <laughs> Perfect. Is there anything better than that? I no, would love that. Definitely not. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yes, thanks. I hope you found this episode helpful. Show notes for this episode, episode 18, are available on my website at carefullyhealing.com forward slash podcast. On next week's episode, I'll be featuring singer-songwriter Alyssa Degati. And if you aren't familiar with her music, she's written a beautiful song called Angel of Mercy that she wrote during the depths of her health journey after finding inspiration from the angels from Medical Medium's first book, Secrets Behind Chronic and Mystery Illness and How to Finally Heal. Please subscribe to the show now so you won't miss this episode. Hey, it's Kirsten. Before I started out on my health journey, I didn't know how poisonous many of the cleaners I used in my home were. Then when I started trying to clean the toxins out of my body, I started to question if the cleaners I was using were just adding back more. And how does that make sense when we're using toxic chemicals to get things clean? So imagine how excited I was when I found non-toxic, fragrance-free, essential oil-free Branch Basics cleaners. Now I use them for many things around my house, including scrubbing my kitchen and bathroom, cleaning my juicer, and as the laundry detergent for cleaning my clothes. Plus, it's also the soap that I use to wash my fruit because it's also sodium laurel sulfate free. So check out branchbasics.com. Their starter kits make it so easy to get started and you can use my code carefullyhealing, which is all one word, for 15% off your purchase. And because I always wanna be upfront with you, this is an affiliate link, so I will earn a small commission if you buy using my code. But I only recommend this product because I love it and use it myself. So if you're ready to start cleaning your home with a healthier cleaner, go to branchbasics.com.